Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. How are y'all doing this morning? Are y'all good? Are y'all enjoying this holiday weekend? Did any of y'all travel, go out, get on the lake, anything fun? No. Everybody's like, no, we're here. I'm fortunate enough, we just got back from from suffering in Cancun, Mexico. I know. Y'all can feel sorry for us. There was a few couples there. It was funny. Me and Jimmy were in the pool. And, you know, there's something about just being out there. You just start talking to random people. I at least do. Jimmy, on the other hand, he could stay secluded to himself. But I'm out there and I'm talking to people and finding out where people are from. And there were at least, uh, at least about eight couples that were stranded in Cancun and couldn't get back to Houston. I was like, they're like, my friends don't feel sorry for me. I'm like, how can they feel sorry for you? You're like on the beach soaking up the sun and they're back home trying to figure out what to do with their lives. Like there's not, nobody's going to feel bad for you. You're not stranded in Cancun. Jimmy claims that they could have gotten home if they wanted to. There were other people who were flying into Austin and Dallas trying to get back home, but it was just, it was funny to me. I was like, man, nobody's going to feel sorry for you that you're stuck in paradise. And so for those of you who don't know, my name is Nancy Sai and my husband and I are the associate pastors here at the Church RC. Our pastors are actually also um, taking some R&R and they are, they got given a trip to Hawaii. And so, hey, how many of y'all know if you're given a free trip somewhere, you're going to take it. And so it happened that they were gone the same week as us. It was funny. We were all like, we're all gone. So hopefully the church can take care of itself. Um, but no, they're there in Hawaii. They're having a good time. I actually uh, talked to her yesterday and they're enjoying relaxing. It's good for your pastors to take some time off, refresh and get rejuvenated. Um, also here at the church, we, we have something called Dream Team Spotlight. And every month our dream team selects someone who we've just, they have just gone out above and beyond always. I mean, they just amaze me. Our whole dream team is awesome. And it's always hard. If you could talk to any of the heads of departments, it's hard to pick some. But this month, our dream team spotlight is the Thrash family. And if they're going to be right there, the... Yes, they're amazing. Aaron, he serves on our ushers team. And Brittany, she serves on our kids team with our babies and tiny walkers. And they are amazing. They seriously, I love getting all the, nom- I get to, I have the privilege of having everyone turn in their nominees. And um, they always like give a little just reason of why. And it was hilarious because Aaron and Brittany not only had like a little bit, but they had like paragraphs. I mean, it was like paragraph upon paragraph about how amazing they are. And I think one of the biggest things that I absolutely loved reading is that they never come to a situation and think we can't do this. They always try to figure out how, how can we do this? And even if they know, or they don't know how to do it, they're going to figure it out. And I just absolutely love that about them. And so if you see them around, make sure to thank them, congratulate them. They're awesome. Um, and so with that said, how many of y'all have enjoyed our don't do life alone series? It's been awesome. It's been awesome. I get the privilege. Pastor Brian tried to boot me out of this one. And I told him, no, I want one more. Like, let me have it. He's like, no, you preach whatever you want. I'm like, no, I want to preach on don't do life alone. So um, we're going to be in Luke. It's going to be Luke 5, 17. 
in the Amplified. It's 17 through 23. It'll be a few verses, but it'll be good. We'll get our Bible reading for the day. Amen. Amen. All right. Luke 5, 17. 517, it says, one of those days as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come from every village and town of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present with him to heal them. And behold, some men were bringing on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed and they tried to carry him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him with his stretcher through the tiles into the midst in front of Jesus. And when G- and when he saw their confidence in him springing from their faith, he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason and question and argue saying, who is this man who speaks blasphemies, who can forgive sins, but God alone. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts and questionings, answered them, why do you question in your hearts, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say arise and walk about? Um, With that said, our title for today is going to be where the wild things are where the wild things are. Let's pray real quick as we continue the service. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for a God-appointed word at a God-appointed time. God, I just step out of the way and say, have your way in this service, Lord. Do what only you can do, and that is reveal yourself to us in a new way. God, I just thank you right now for open hearts and receptive ears. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. How many of y'all have seen the movie Where the Wild Things Are? And there's several, I'm talking about the newer one that's like got the big old giant monster. It's just, is like crazy. I love it. So I've always like, I as a child never really read the book. Um, I had the book. I even probably even have the book for my kids now. I've just never really read it. And then um, I actually, whenever the movie came out, I just thought it was really cool looking. So I went and watched it and I loved it. Like I've always, Max has just been awesome. Like he's so cool, right? And for those of you who don't know, it's a little boy. And in the book, it's a little, I don't know if it's exactly like the movie. There's always like different things. But in the book, the little boy um, is sent away from dinner without dinner and he's sent to his room. And so as he's in his room, he begins to like enter this imagination land of a jungle and where the wild things are. And it goes through the story. And I remember during the movie, there were certain parts that I thought were just kind of like weird, like made no sense to me. Like, I guess, I don't know. And as I was preparing for this message, I was looking up um, movies based on, loneliness and isolation. And this movie came up as one of the top five. And to me, I was like, hold on, what? Like, this is a kid's movie. Like, what is this talking about? And as I researched the movie and like the basis of what um, the author was trying to do with the book, he was actually leaning towards um, like more relating with people who are lonely and isolated. And so in this, the little boy, when he's in his room by himself and he's, um, has, he's in this imagination world, he begins to encounter anger, frustration, frustration, loneliness, like as you see all this unfold throughout the movie. And as I was reading this, it all was like, oh my gosh, I do remember. Like there were times the little boy would just like lash out. And there were times where he was sad. And there were just times where I was like, this makes no sense. And now like looking back, it makes sense to me. And as I was thinking about this and, you know, community groups started, how many of y'all were in the community groups this week? So awesome. Um, as I was thinking about that, how we were created to not do life alone. And I know you hear that here at the church, you know, 
know, life doesn't happen in rows. It happens in circles and we encourage you to get plugged in. But you know, even looking back in the word and thinking about whenever um, God created, um, I just lost him, Abraham, not Abraham, Adam, thank you. I'm like, Abraham, that is not right. Adam, he gave him Eve because he knew that he wasn't to be by himself. And all from the beginning of time, God has always given us people because we're created to not do life alone. And you know, I was looking, I was listening to this uh, podcast and talking about why people go to church and how people try to replace things and not actually go to church. Cause you know, some people are scared to come into a church and meet new people and probably don't want to talk to people. And so they think, you know, when you think of church, a lot of people might think, oh, it's a great worship experience or, oh, you go and you hear a great worship. But what I love is that I actually asked a couple of people, I'm like, what's your favorite part about church? And everyone, I mean, it's, it was astounding. Most people would say, oh, I love my, my serve team that I'm with, or I love the group that I attend throughout the week, or I love my, the hospitality team. We're all like a family. And I love that because it's not the worship that makes up the church. It's not the message that makes up the church. It's not the production. It's not the lights. It's the people. And it's the relationships that we have with people. And so today I just want to look at a few things. You know, um, one of the biggest things that I've realized is that isolation is the one thing that will make us think that it's us and not someone else. It'll make us feel like there's something wrong with us. We feel like if we pull ourselves away, that things might get better. And I I came across this quote that I absolutely loved. It says, isolation is an enclosing, not a release from conflict. And a lot of times we think if I just pull myself away, If I just get away from everyone, everything will be okay. If I just like hide away from everyone, that it's going to be okay. But literally the thing that we're doing is that when we're isolating ourselves from other people, we're literally opening the door for the enemy. Because how many of y'all know that when things come at us, it's a lot easier when there's someone standing next to you. It's a lot easier when someone's got your hand there standing with you and believing. Amen. There was a a man, his name was Hebs. He did an experiment. And in that, I was thinking about um, just like even in uh, whenever people are tortured and stuff, they they put them in like solitary confinement, isolating them by themselves. And this man wanted to know kind of like what happens when people are isolated as far as with the emotion, with the mind, um, just more in depth, like what happens. And he set it up to make, do this experiment. He actually hired people. And at the time, this was in the 1950s. So he would pay them $20 for a day. So so $20 was awesome back then. <laughs> How many of y'all know $20 today? You're like, eh, I'm not pretty much going to do that. And he targeted college kids. So, you know, college kids are like, I'll take the money. And so he took um, these men and he isolated them. And so he covered their eyes, ears, everything, kept them like secluded from everyone and everything. And they actually had people who would come in and feed, give them food, but they never really like encountered with them because they couldn't hear, see, or touch. And so as they were there, he had planned for them, you know, to do like a six week study and watch this whole thing unfold. And to his amazement, it lasted literally days. Like it didn't even make it to week one. Like it was just a few days and he began to see people just could not handle it. And it was because we were created to be with people. But the three things that he found out through this experiment was people were unable to think clearly. So they were susceptible to believing things that before they would have never believed. So they're susceptible to lies. The next thing is simple tasks became nearly impossible. Things that every day you would do became something that they couldn't even get done. And the last thing was it affecting the, affected them emotionally as far as signs of like depression. 
And so as I was looking at that, I thought about that. You know, the enemy knows that we were created to do life with other people. The enemy knows that whenever we have other people, we're able to take on whatever comes our way. And the one thing that he knows is that if he gets us isolated, we're going to open that door to depression, to believe the lies of the enemy, to begin to do things that we thought we would be, that were easy would become hard for us. I know I can think of occasions of people you think uh, that are depressed and things as easy as getting up in the morning become nearly impossible. Things is just getting up and eating become nearly impossible, but it's because they become, they come to a place where they isolate themselves from people. And we were created to do life with people. You know, here we read the story in Luke, and I absolutely love this story because here we see this man and he's paralyzed on a bed and he's got four guys who are like his rider dies. I love Pastor Brian kept using that word last, last week, his rider dies. There were his four people who were like, you know what, man, like we're not gonna let you just lay here and be slumped, you know, on the floor all the time. Like we're gonna get you up and we're gonna take you to this man that we've heard that can heal you. And I love that because through these four friends, I'd like to think that there's these four different things that happen when you're in a community group. And so the first friend I would like to say, he symbolizes encouragement. How many of you know that when you're going through something in life, a little bit of encouragement goes a long way? You know, I think about different times in my life and looking back at different seasons and whenever you're single and you're out there believing for a godly husband and you look around in church and there's nobody there, like it's all men over the age of 40, nothing against all the men over the age of 40. But when you're 26, like you're not going, yep, that's my God's best. No, you're like, man, Jesus, like, where are you? And I can remember looking back at that time and I had um, Crystal, who is my best friend, and she was there and she'd be like, you know what? God's got this. Like, he may not be here. He'll come around at the right time. You've just got to know, like, it's going to be okay. And how many of you know, you can think back on times where it was like, I don't know that I can do this, or a sickness came, and you're like, I just can't take this on my own. And you can think of that friend or the friends who've always been there to encourage you and lift you up when you need lifting and tell you, you know what? You've got this. You can do this. This isn't going to take you down. God's got the solution on the other side. Amen? The second thing is they protect and pray. I love this because I think a lot of times, we, as we've said before, we think prayer is like a second option or last resort. And we don't realize that God intended it for it to be our first response. And I love this because when you get a group of women or men around you or friends who are gonna pray for you, they're there for you. Like they're the ones that whenever you say, you know what, I've got a thought of this. And they're like, you know what, right now we're going to bind that in the name of Jesus. I loved hearing, um, we were gone this week from our community group. And so Chevy and Wes, they absolutely did amazing this week. I heard all amazing things from our group on Tuesday and saying how it was just awesome. But I loved what Chevy said. She emailed me and was telling me about how great group was. And she sent me all the prayer requests that we had in group. And not going to cry. So um, as I'm reading all the different things, you know, there's things about family and there's things about husbands and work and just all these different things. And I love that our group, even on the first day, and some of, uh, most of these people were new to the group. They'd never been around these people, but there's something about when you come into a community of people that are just like you, that you're able to open up and be vulnerable. And so here I saw all this list of all these things that people were believing for. And I love what Chevy said to me. She's like, you know what? My greatest desire is that I'm able to pray. Like, I never want 
them to feel like I'm not there believing with them. Like I want them to know, like my heart's there with them and I don't want to mess up. And I told her, I was like, you can't mess up, Chevy. Whenever you're able to just stand there in agreement with someone, whenever you're there to speak those positive things, to begin to think, take those things down, it's God, it's on God that's going to do it. It's not us. And I love that because she so realizes that prayer, it's what can shift things. It's what can change things. And when you get a group of friends around you who can pray with you and believe with you and stand with you, you're golden. The third thing that I think a friend celebrated, I mean celebrated, was represented was celebration. How many of y'all know here at the Church RC, we love to have a good time? Um, Yes. (laughs) And so I love that because I think friends were created to be there to celebrate with you in the good times. You know, I look back um, whenever we were trying to get pregnant with our first child, like it was the hardest thing. It was a long, I mean, I know there's people that have gone longer than us, but even us at that year mark, like it felt like forever. But I can remember looking back on the day that I walked into church on a Sunday morning, it was in February and I came up to Crystal and all I literally had to do was like, look at her. And she knew, like, she was like, oh my gosh. And literally like service was going on and we were in the foyer and it's like everyone heard and was like, what is going on? But she was so excited. And there's something about having those people around you who can celebrate with you when God does something. I love that in our youth groups. I love that they have a moment where they don't only have prayer requests, but they have a time to celebrate the wins. Let's talk about what God has done because I love what it does. Whenever you talk about what God has done for you, It now opens that and builds up faith in other people. And they're able to say, you know what? If God did it for Jimmy, he can do it for me. You know, if God did it for Tiffany, he can do it for me. And so there's something that happens in that celebration when we encourage each other, we pray for each other, and then we're able to celebrate those victories whenever they come. The fourth friend represents growth. I love what it says in Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens and influences another through discussion. I love that because we were created to help each other grow. You know, I love, um, I have my little girls. And for those of you who don't know, we've got two little girls, Lily and Sophia. And Lily is about to be three. I finally understand why people say three-nager. Like, yeah, she thinks she's a teenager. Um, She's three. And then my Sophie is going to be two in December. And I, it's funny. And as a parent, you try not to compare. You try not to say, well, my one child did this at this age. My other child did this at this age. And Sophie's just like, you know what? I'm going to do things on my own time. I'm in no hurry to grow up. Like I'm the baby. I'm just going to chill. And so y'all coddle me, carry me, feed me, like hold me, do everything. Like I'm the baby. And she knows she's a baby. So she's like milking it for all it's worth. But how many of y'all know that Sophie can't stay the way she is when she's 18, right? Like she can't be 18 walking around here with a diaper, like yelling mama and hold me and me feeding her. You know, like there's something that happens. She grows. And I think a lot of times we don't realize that people are there to encourage us to grow. They're not there to judge us. They're not there to criticize us. They're not there to say, oh, you should have known better than that. But they're there to like build you up to help you grow. And I love seeing that in community groups. I think the best place you can see that is in a community group because you see people come in at a certain place in their life at the beginning of a semester. And by the end of the semester, it's completely different. You know, and I love, one of the main ones that I love is Cassie. Whenever she first started mom's group, like she was super scared. I love hearing her talk about it. She's like, I really thought nobody was gonna show up. I didn't know what I was doing. Showed up and was like, okay, God, like, 
hey, I'm here, where are the moms at? And I actually had the privilege of attending Jessica Shooks's group whenever there was mom's group at her house and there was never a lack of people there. <laughs> and so we always had a full house, a full house of kids. And so I, I remember listening to Cassie, she was telling, you know, she was talking about her group. Like she was like, there was one lady who consistently came and you know what? She was like, if this is the only reason I'm doing it, if it's for this one lady, like it's awesome. Like I'm gonna be here for her. I'm gonna encourage her. I'm gonna build her up. And you know what? She ended up coming to our church. She, her, her husband and her kids now come to the church. And I love that because she said, you know, I loved listening to her when she was talking about it. She said, it wasn't about me and my comfort zone. It wasn't about me and how I felt and the fact that there was only one, but it was about her and her growth and what was gonna happen within her and her family. And I love that because that's what community group's about. It's about people coming in, whatever walk of life, whatever season in life, and coming in and saying, you know what? I'm gonna open up, I'm gonna be vulnerable. I'm gonna open up, I'm gonna ask y'all to pray for me. I'm gonna have y'all encourage me. I'm gonna have y'all be there to celebrate. And now we're gonna grow. And at the end of the semester to look back and see all that God has done is amazing. I love this story because here we have this man. And I can imagine, how many of y'all can imagine, like he probably wasn't smelling good. You know, he had some junk. I mean, you can imagine he'd been laying there forever. Um, I'm sure he didn't just waltz in and take a shower every once in a while. Like he was at the mercy of anybody who could come in and help him. And here they were, they picked him up. And to think about what they were thinking, you know, here they are, they're thinking, they're encouraging their friend. Hey, it's gonna be okay. There's this man called Jesus and he can do something. And you know, maybe along the way it got hard and they were like, you know what? We've got this. Like God's God, Jesus is there. We're getting there. We're gonna do this. It may be hard, but you know what? We can get there. And whenever they get there, you know, the discouragement of like walking in and there's no way to come in. Like the doors are full. It's packed. It's like, there's just no way to come in. And then there was the one that was like, you know what? This isn't going to stop us. We're going to get up on the roof and we're about to dig a hole in this roof. And we're about to lower you down to Jesus. And so that's exactly what they did. They dig up this hole, they lower him down and there they drop him. And I love what the word says. It says their faith. I love that because it didn't just say the faith of the man. It didn't just say the faith of one friend, but it said their faith. And I love that because when you look back in your life and you look back at the, the seasons that were hard, the seasons that were tough, it wasn't just your faith. It was those who were hand in hand with you. The ones who stood with you when it looked like it was impossible. The ones that stood with you whenever it was one discouraging report after another. The ones that whenever your heart was broken, they were there to encourage you. They were there to hold your hand and say, you know what? You've got this. It was their faith along with your faith that gets us through seasons. And I love seeing that because this is the perfect picture of what a community is. It's the people standing around you, lowering you down to Jesus, bringing you to Jesus and saying, hey, he's gonna do this. We've got you. And it's their faith along with your faith that brings action. And I love that story because I think there's no better way to describe what a community group does. It literally surrounds you with people who are going to build you up. And you know, there's one of our youth girls and I, I, we had the privilege of being able to have groups at our home and it grew to about 30 youth kids. And you can imagine like our neighbors were not happy. Um, it was like, you only could con, con, 
what's the word? Keep them in a like small space of our home. And for those of you who hadn't seen our home, it wasn't very big. It was like 1,400 square feet. And we're in the living room and we're cramming like 30 plus kids. And we're like, me and Jimmy are like, okay, we're gonna do the lesson like super fast you know, see what they're saying. And then we're like getting outside and like, let them breathe. And so literally the kids would like take over the street. It was just crazy. And there was only for so long that we could do that, but we had to, I loved being able to do that. Cause you got to see these kids come in kids who literally thought our house was church because they knew nothing else. And so they would be, they come to the door like an hour before group on certain days. And we're like, Hey, we're still having church today. Right. We're like, yep, we're having church. And so they'd come in there and I I love just hearing this because a lot of families end up coming through the kids because they came in to a community group. And that's what community does. It's like that safe space that you can bring friends where they don't feel the pressure and the intensity of coming into a service. And there's one student that I absolutely, she's got a special place in my heart, but she actually came in through a community group and she um, started coming to group. Her friends were all going. She ended up coming to church, absolutely loved it. She became a part of the dream team, started serving with our babies and tiny walkers. And she's like loving life. And at the time we're doing group in Greenville at Starbucks. And how many of y'all Jesus and coffee? It's awesome. And so we're at Starbucks and we're talking and the semester's coming to an end and we're starting to try to figure out like, you know, I love at the end of group, everyone knows like when group is over, everyone's like, no, it feels like it's so long until the next group starts. And so they're all talking about, let's just keep group going. And I'm like, Hey, if y'all want to keep coming, Y'all can keep coming. I'll see y'all next semester. Um, and so we're talking about trying to figure out where we're gonna do group next semester because they were, they really like, it was hilarious. These girls, they love to talk and go figure, right? Teenage girls loving to talk. And they would come in and I mean, we would dive into the word. There would be so much conversation, so much like prayer, each of them praying for each other. And it was just amazing. And so how many of y'all know, like we were those people at Starbucks outside, like people would walk by and they wouldn't know whether to stop and make sure we were okay or to keep going and try to run away. And so they all decided like, we want to meet somewhere, you know, where we can all be together. And this one girl, literally without hesitation, she's like, we can just meet at my house. And all her friends look at her because here she was like, her parents had nothing to do with church. Like didn't really believe in it. Just was like, Hey, if you want to go to church, you go, you have fun. Like we, that's fine with us. But as far for us, like we're good. And they were all like, are you sure your mom's gonna let you? And they're like, she's like, yeah, it'll be fine. And so I just, you know, let it, let it go. A couple of weeks went by and Jimmy was asking me, you know, as awesome small groups pastors do, he's trying to check in and see where we're gonna hold our youth girls community group. And um, I told him, I was like, well, this one volunteered her, fa- her house. Let's just do it at her house. And so I asked her again, she's like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. My mom, she's gonna be fine with it. And you know how many, how many of you know, like whenever a teenager's like, oh, it's gonna be fine. You're like, ooh. <laughs> did you even tell your parents? Like, we're about to put your address on the website. Like everyone's about to see like where you live. And it's like open doors for every youth teenager girl in the Greenville area. And she's like, no, it's going to be fine. Like, really, it's going to be fine. I'm like, okay. Hey, Jimmy, she said it's going to be fine. 
it's fine. So we, you know, we continue to do that. We let her open up her home. Um, I actually contacted her mom just to make sure everything was good. Um, I messaged her and she's like, oh yeah, we're fine. It's good. She, to her, she's like, yeah, she can have all her friends over. It's no big deal. I'm like, all right. Her friends consist of like 20 girls, but sure, it's fine. Um, and so she opened up her home, had group in, her, in there. And, you know, as throughout the, the semester was going, you know, she'd tell me, you know, like, I'm really believing for my parents and I'm really believing like they'll, you know, get on board. And I'm just really praying that they're going to just, you know, they're going to start going to church and they're going to do this and that. And she's like really just believing, you know, and standing. And how many of y'all know, like you're, it's good. It's easy to be encouraging to a friend, but at the same time, you're like, God, like, eh, are you going to do this anytime soon? Cause I'm really hoping this is going to work out. And semester was coming to an end and I'm like, Ooh, we still haven't seen parents come to church. It's still looking like the same, but you know what? I kept encouraging her. I kept telling her, you know what? God's got this. He's going to take care of this. And it came about Christmas time at the end of that semester, like the semester had ended. She hadn't come, but you know what? We still believe like, you know what? God's going to be faithful. And, um, it was Christmas service. Both her parents and her grandmother ended up showing up to our Christmas service. And not only that, but even after then, her mom continuously kept coming and her mom continues to come. And I love this because it was probably about two or three weeks ago. Um, I was in next steps and we were finishing up the class and she came in there and she's running and she's got tears running down her eyes. She's like, you know what? This morning, my mom raised her hand at salvation and got saved. And you know, to be able to see that come to pass, to be able to walk her through that season, to be able to see how faithful God was, you know, it was in her opening up her home. The mom didn't know. She didn't know that every week these girls were going to be praying for her. They were going to be praying for her to come to church one day to encounter Jesus. And I absolutely love that because that's what community is about. That's what happens whenever we get around people, whenever we decide that we're not going to isolate ourselves, that we're not going to open that door, but that, you know what, we're going to go and it may be scary and it may be a little bit intimidating at times, but you know what, when you get in there, I can guarantee you someone's going to come over and talk to you. Someone's going to hug you. Someone's going to be there. Someone's going to ask you how your day was. And it's as you begin and continue to keep going and you keep continuing to open your mouth and begin to talk, you're going to begin to see that these people are just like you and me. They're going through things in the same way. They're dealing through things. They struggle through things. But it's through community that we're able to then not even, not only ourselves be encouraged, be prayed for, be protected, be um, celebrated with. But you know what? Now you can actually help someone else in their time. And you're able to encourage them. And you're able to pray for them. And you're able to celebrate in their victories. And you're able to grow together. I just want to encourage you, if you haven't gotten plugged into a group, do it. You're not gonna. You're not gonna regret it. I can tell you right now. I absolutely love our group. I mean, I've, if I could, like, I would be in groups every every day. I mean, Candace last semester had a group every night. Like, she was our group's junkie. I love it. We always look for someone that's our group's junkie. That's like, I'm in a group every day. But there's something about being in a group because you find this family. You find these friends, you find these people that are gonna be there with you. And when things get tough, they're gonna be there to encourage you. They're gonna be there to pray with you. Amen. At the Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. 
If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially, you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.